Welcome to episode 450 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 450 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. I was just kind of enthusiastic for you. I know, yeah, you could have brought out the darts for us. 450. 400, 450. You probably can't even it get goes, the score. 180's the best, isn't it? <laughs> just put the voice on. Oh, okay, nice, nice. You know what, John, is this the first time we've been in the studios this year? I think so. It's been a long time. We're yeah, in February, February the 10th. January's a busy month. So it's probably been nearly two months since we've been in the studios. Madness. Yeah, because when did you go away over Christmas? You went away early as well, didn't you? No, we were just before Christmas. I think we did a show just before Christmas. Oh, did we? Like the 21st or something. But this is probably the longest gap that you and I have not seen each other yeah. in nearly 10 years. Yeah. You yeah. must have been heartbroken. You, you, you weren't getting the Dave Dwan embrace. Tell you <laughs> what's, what's the Dave Dwan embrace? He's it right into his cuddling at the moment. Is yeah, he? Just gives yeah. you the hug? Yes, hug. But you love that. Does it, do the, does, it, does it pet the back or rub the back? It's a strong pet. It's a manly hug. It's a manly hug? Mm. I always know I'm in trouble with Joe if I get the pet. Yeah. You know, if your partner, you shouldn't, you shouldn't pet your partner. You've yeah, got to do the rub. Pet is there. No very, pet. very often, not very often, very rarely, Joe will give me, I'll give her a hug and I'll just get the... Tap on the shoulder. Yeah. Th- something's up. Yeah. <laughs> something's up. Something. <laughs> uh, talk is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Ah, social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And Trainer Road. Trainer Road. Back on board team. Trainer Road is your, your power training indoor cycling tool. Yeah. Just made that up then. Nice we'll talk to those guys later on about what they're doing. Anyway, guys, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got quite a bit of news. We've got Statstastic. Uh, was an interesting set this week. I was... Don't know how accurate it is. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's going to be a, a statistic and it's going to be a mini rant combined in one. Oh, boom, back it up. And then we've got a great interview with Joe Friel. Uh, and I think we're looking forward to this. So it's fast after 50, so really focused around you know, the ageing athletes. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There's some, some good stuff. How old are you now? 38. When's your birthday? Yeah, 38. When's your birthday? So you're 39 July. this year? 39 this year. So 40 July. next year? Yes. Wow. 40 in France. That's a plan. If you want to join me on Epic Camp France. <laughs> always takes it into a sales pitch. It is going to be epic. <laughs> we are going to be cranking it. You should name it after that. Epic. 40 yeah. in France. Yeah, 40 yeah. in France. Yeah. 40 days, at least 40 miles of running. Yeah. No? No, I'll be no. biking. I'll be biking, try to keep up at that stage. Okay, team, uh, we've also got a few questions and answers at the end. Actually, I've added some sneakily at the end that John doesn't know about. So yes. here we go. Anyway, news, first of all. Um, oh, and also thank you to our patrons. We, yes. should, we should say patrons at the start as well. Because we patrons do. are rock stars. Um, uh, Crowey did the uh, 70.3 in Geelong, and he managed to take it out. He did. Yeah. And I, I think most noteworthy, though, is like he has just been cranking it up. The racing so far this season. Yeah. So, He's uh, he won in New Zealand at the Port of Tauranga half, and he had to beat you know Brownie and Baden Curry and a couple of other young whip starts there. So nice work there. Then he went on to seventy point three in Auckland, and uh, where did he get there? Did he get four, got fourth? Fourth, I think, yes, because yeah. Brownie took him out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then he's gone on again and. 
taken out Geelong. So within you know, the first five weeks of the year, three races. So he's basically been having, the first two were a week apart, and then I think he's had a couple of weeks break, and then he's into Geelong. So he is racing up a storm, and the, the article sort of said, you know, he's still really pissed off about um, Kona. Kona. He feels fitter than what he was this time last year. Yes. So does this mean we're going to see the um, retirement <laughs> again? One of the questions, we were interviewing Chawborn Sinbali um, uh, for, for Legends this month, and you know, one of the questions, he, he had to prematurely retire, as we'll hear about, through a heart condition, but you know, something like Crowe, why not go do start, start doing some bucket list races? You know, yeah. Mac, Mac is doing that now, but he's very much doing it when he's, he's yeah, like he's, he's a full time worker now, so he's yeah, not he's a not peak in great athlete. shape. Yeah, um, but wouldn't it be nice? You know, if I was in Crow's shoes, going and doing going and doing rote and things like that, and and you could still be picking up a fantastic paycheck. Yeah, and. Uh, and rather than being, you know, three or four years down the track and going, oh, I wish I'd gone and done some other races. And he had a good race. You know, like Sam Appleton was right on his toes. He ran and, at one twelve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he was saying at some stage on some of the downhills he was going sub three. So, like, yeah. you know, like he was, he was fair pushing it. So he had to work for it. So it was pretty cool. And, and the chick side of things? Chick side of things, yeah. Liz, Liz Blatchford, uh, both male and female, strong fields. Liz Blatchford, Rebecca Keat, Sarah Crowley, and, and Gina Crawford was only down to fourth place. So, yeah, some good racing. John Bowie got an email from Ironman. So we get lots of emails from Ironman, to be honest, because they are giving us PR and that's what they should do but um, the email was basically stating the all world champions for 2014 yeah so we'll quickly scan what did you end up getting did you, know, did you have a look at yourself uh, yeah I was a long way down I can't remember okay. but it was uh, we, we can discuss that in a moment but I was a fair way down the rankings because of my woeful performance in Kona okay so you wanna, we're going to give some love to the winners are we yep 18 females we'll go females first because girls rock uh, 18 to 24 uh, Cammy Gender from the States. 25 to 29 is Laura Lauren Parker from Australia. 34 is Steph Corker from Canada. Then we've got 35 to 39, Caroline Livesley. 40 to 44, Nicole Bretting from Germany. Then we've got 45 to 49 is Mary Hassel and Gertrude. Gertrude, Gertrude, yep. yeah. From the United States and Connecticut. 50 54, Pam Reed from the States. And then we've got 55 59, Heldler. Lopes, I'd say Lopez. If Lopez, she's yeah, from Brazil, Brazil, of course. Yeah, get it right, Bev. Uh, 60 64, Missy Lestrange from the States. 65 to 69, Diane Ridgeway from the United States of America. Crack, we go, we go all the way up to 80s here. Yeah. 70 74, Joan Lockwood from the States. And 75 to 79, Liz Hickman from the United States as well. An 80 plus Madonna, Sister Madonna Buddha. She's a rock servant. She's always taking off these. They're mostly Americans, aren't they? Oh, no, you've got a little bit of a spread. Yes, yes, they are a lot of them Americans, but you know, you've got a German there in 40 to 44, you've got a POM there 35 to 39, Canada 30 to 34, now, is Aussie. It, is it because it's American biased or is it purely that Americans are better? Like, you know, like there's a lot more, really... there's a lot more races in yeah. America. Uh, I think, you know, if you want a gauge of who are the best athletes in the world, then you go and look at the kind of results and see where the nationalities lie there. Yep. So uh, I'll, I'll go into my... Uh, Your rent? rent. It's a, it's a rent week, is it? And, and, and <laughs> when I go into my... It's not a mini rent. It's a, just some observations. Yeah, the, Angry all, observations. All these people that we're reading out, fantastic, awesome job. And everybody, but are they the best? Are they the, but, but also... You don't choose to go in this competition. You just get put in there. So it's not like we; these people are going, oh, I want to be the AWA world champion. It's like, well, they've done their races and the points, the, the way it's set up, they've just happened to, to what, I wonder how many actually knew that were winning it. Like, I wonder if every one of these people, were, oh, well, you know, oh, I'm winning this, or they get an email, you won. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the guy side of things, uh, 18 to 24, Tyler Woodbury from Canada. Uh, then we've got 25 to 29, Alistair Card from Australia. 30 to 34, Ryan... 
Giuliano from States. Justin Q, the one we know. Yeah, no, he's not from Canada. He's from New Zealand. Yeah. Come on, 35, right. 39, Justin Kerr. He, he did go and race um, Ironman Canada and Whistler, but he's a, he's from Cape, he's from New Zealand. Yep. Uh, 40, 44, Jose Grasa from Brazil. Oh, 40, 40, oh, 40, 40, 49, 45, 49, Pierre. Pierre. Heindemann. Heindemann from Canada. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yep. uh, 50, 54, Walter Pennekamp from Netherlands. Uh, we've got Kevin Ferguson in 55 to 59. He's from Australia, from Adelaide. Thomas Valina from Australia, 60 64. You can do the Japanese guy. Sinichi Muranaka from Japan, 65 69. 74 to 79 is. Uh, 74 to 70, 74. Oh, sorry. Yep. Um, Gotthard. Yep. Uh, Winkler. Yeah. From Germany. Brother of Henry. Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, the Fonz. similar sort of age. I mean, Henry Winkler wouldn't be 70. Oh, yeah. No, he'd be in the 70s now. Would he? Okay, I'm going back. I'm going to have a look. <laughs> I'm going to have a look, John. And Bird. then just so make sure we've got another Kiwi in there. We've got Brian Boyle, uh, 75 to 79. Took it out. And then, There's no 80 in the men's. What's, why have I got another name there? Uh, 80 plus is Bob Scott. Herb Brown, I'm not quite sure why his name's in there. Maybe it was a tie. Maybe 75 to 79 was a tie because Herb Brown from the States was also, I think, 75 to 79. Bob Scott in the 80 plus, and then they had physically challenged uh, was Ricky James. Bob Scott was from the States, and Ricky James was from uh, America. John Boo, have a guess. Okay, so how old do you reckon Henry Winkler, for those who don't know, the Fonz from Happy Days? And, And it's interesting, like a few podcasts I listen to have some celebrities and stuff, and everyone. Always talks about how Henry Winkler is the nicest guy you would ever meet. Oh, really? Yeah, they just say he's like, no one's got a bad thing to think, think to say about the man. He's just the most beautiful man. So, yeah. Jumbo? Um, was that show probably 60s, 70s? I think 70s. 70s? 70s. Yeah, yeah, 70s. So, he would have been. So, if we look at Happy Days, Happy Monday, Days. Tuesday, Happy Days. Oh, that was days. a big show. It went from uh, 10 years, from 74 to 84. Okay. But I think they had a bit of a period where it stopped for a little bit and it came back. Yeah. So it's been about thirty-four, about thirty-ish years since it finished. Yeah. So, so he would—he'd be lucky to be pushing sixty, wouldn't he? No, no, he's sixty-nine. Oh. So he's nearly seventy. So he's just about to age up. He just <laughs> he's just about to age so up. So he could well be his brother. That age group was what the seventy. What was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. seventy seventy-four? Gothard from Germany, the long-lost brother. Yeah, there we go. Celebrated <laughs> at birth. Yeah, we talk about Iron Man bringing celebrities into the race. Do you reckon they brought Henry Winkler into you know to do the Iron Man? Yeah, that would get much PR. They get massive power, wouldn't you it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But it'd be awesome. The Fonz doing the. <laughs> so you asked me. Have the... you ever heard the term jumping the shark? No. Oh, okay. Let's not go into it then. So, in terms of um, looking, I purely went and thought, oh, 35 to 39, you know, let's check yeah, out okay. the, how the dudes are going in there. And. Uh, and so first Justin thing, Kerr took it out. Justin Kerr took it out from, from New Zealand. I'll explain him in a second. But I first looked at, you know, who was our age group champion in Kona. It was Daniel Stubletsky. John, um, this is the one, one. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, which I always do anyway. But Daniel, Justin Kerr won, but he has less points than the guy who got second. Is it first equal? No, he's got more points. 1,406. Oh, you might have, that link, refresh that link. That's got a female above him, I think. Oh, it's a girl and a guy. Yeah, so oh, I, I must have been okay. So anyway, Daniel Sablitsky, he was the, from memory, he was the first age grouper in Kona and he won our age group 35 to 39. So he's down 12th place. Okay, so he he won. He's he's the fastest guy out there. Yeah, he is he is the man. But he only did two group. races. He only did two races and. Oh, no, no, he did five races. Five races. And so. so how does that happen? How do you win Kona? Yeah. Get five races. Sorry, Justin, because I know we were kind of running on your parade here, but. Yeah, and, and he went. He so he he won uh, 
Kona in eight hours, 50 minutes. He went to the 70.3 world champs and he, I'm sure it doesn't say here, he was 37th overall, but I'm pretty sure he was second there because he had the, 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 the drug guy beat him there. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And they also had the fisticuffs on stage. That's right. Yeah, that was <laughs> sensational. So he did a bunch of other 70.3s and he did Ironman Texas where he won that as well. So, yeah. How does that happen? How does a guy do... So the reason that happens, I guess, is Justin Kerr. Um, and again, I'm not picking on Justin at all. I've no. only met the guy once before going up onto the stage. Justin did uh, three Ironmans. So, so the Ironman gets more points. So, so he did three Ironmans and he, he won two of them. And then the third one he didn't do so well in Kona. He still did okay. So I think that's the reason. So I guess my point is here. I'm not trying to pick on anybody whatsoever. I'm just saying, you know, uh, 12th place here, we've got Daniel Stablitsky, who is the Kona champion and the best in our age group. Uh, and then if I also look down that list, then you've got Paul O'Doherty, Pod, who finished in 18th place in the rankings. And he finished, where did he finish in Kona? I think Fourth, he was about. Fifth, wasn't he? No, no, he was about. 12th or something oh, like okay. that so he finished in 12th place in our age group so he's his ranking there of 18 probably a little bit closer to where he's at but still um he was fastest and uh, fast he won our age group in he ended three races and i had sprinted that's right i had sprinted him in auckland yeah you did and yeah. i not in auckland and uh in, Kona, in, 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 new zealand. in new zealand and then he won 70.3 you, got, you got second in the age group in new zealand mm. yep he got third so anyway um but he won auckland so that's one thing is they need to if if they want me to take this seriously and it's all about me I don't care about everybody else it's about me they so want you, me, it's got to be top heavy towards Kona it's got to be top heavy towards the championship races uh, to make to make this a little bit more effective otherwise you're just going to get the guys that are doing more races uh, being on top of the rankings but in saying that the reason they do this is they want people to race more oh yeah yeah so yeah. you know they want to do they really want you know this seems to be a good system for them because they're like well actually the, why are they doing this they're doing this to motivate people who want to do more Ironman races mm. which oh. which I don't think it really does and, and to give people that prestige so what happened early in the week if, if any of you guys haven't been racing is they sent out a little badge you could put you know claim this badge and it'll go up on your Facebook profile as your gold silver mm. bronze etc and you can send in you get your little, little um, bag tag and you get your little add-on extras so it's a lot about adding prestige for people yeah. to say social this, credibility. this is social credibility this is me this is what it's all about so, but my question to you Bevan is so I was out running with Phil and, and we're sort of saw Phil running them, bike, biking the other morning Crikey day. Was it running? Early Saturday morning. Did you get yeah, we were running. Oh, yeah, okay. we were running. you must have been running to meet we, you. We saw your cones. We were moving them all over the show. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's why five people died. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we were going, man, everybody we know seems to have got gold. And uh, so in the 35, 39 age group. Oh, so I'm looking it up right now. Okay. So uh, yeah. How many people do you think got gold in terms of quantity of people? Well... I'm already at 120 and that's still at gold. Yeah. Um, so because you've got a little way to go. Oh, really? So well, there's ten. There's a thousand pages, and each page has what about 20. So there's probably about 20,000 people. Mm. So they're probably going to be at the top. So probably 2,000. No, no. So gold is the top one percent. Is it one? Okay, so it's going to be about 200. Yeah, 220. Okay, it's like, that's a lot of people. Yeah, but when it's 20,000, mm, mm. you know, when you think of it that way, if it's the top one percent. Mm. So I, I just don't know whether the percentage way is the best thing to go. If you've got 220 people, yeah, I don't know. It just depends whether you want to really, no, make, this, you really, whether you really want to make this an excellence thing. But it seems like everybody I know got gold. Yeah, but you're hanging off a pretty elite bunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, like in fairness, 
the one if you're in the top one percent, that's still pretty impressive. Yeah. And so you know, like I know there's a lot of people, but obviously there's a lot of people in this category. So mm. it's like you know, oh, if you're going twenty thousand people with two hundred people, it's actually not many. And so I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but I do agree that I'm not quite sure if this is. I don't know. We're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot of people are putting those badges on Facebook and stuff. So I think you know, it's. Um, I think it's having the, the yeah. desired effect. But yep. so I'm just going to have a quick. Oh, see, is it, then, then, but then you go to say 50 to 55 females, okay. yep. and in that yep. age group, 12 got. Yeah, because there would only be. So it's just a percentage. So, so, yeah, I think one percent's fair. Yeah. Look, if you are in the top one percent, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, and it just means you know. Whereas, yeah, there's only 144 pages of people on this one. So, mm. it's about, mm. about, so there you go. About the AWA for this year. Okay, Jombo. So the next thing we've got here is some Tim the Mower Gardener. And he loves his nickname, by the way. <laughs> I love it too. Yeah, that's a great one. I uh, got a weekly email uh, today. I'm 40 to 44. So my starting with the pros, he's talking about the Austria white A's going to wave starts. So starting with the pros, they better not be drafting me. It's a shame because I was looking forward to the iconic 2,500 athlete start. But on the bright side, at least I won't be starting or coming last out of the swim but John I can't understand how they go about categorising who's going to be swimming where so John what Tim sent through the first wave which contains all the pros will start at 6.40 um, the following waves no but the, also with that wave is the, the pros. male 40 to 44 yeah so at 6.40 you have male females and pro and females and males and men 40 to 44 and then following that waves are divided into age groups and starting every 10 minutes, except the second to last wave, which are five minutes apart. Athletes at the start of the race at 7.20, many international Ironmans are starting this new format, have been... Uh, it's been something that oh, so, so I just said no, it's what no, so here's what the format is. Pros 40 to 44 start at 640. 650, we've got 18 to 24, 25 to 29, 30 to 34, 60, and these are all males, 64, 65, 69, 70, 74, basically all, all the male category. Then at seven, they've got male 49, 35 to oh, sorry, 45 to 49. Then 17, female 39 to 49. 30, 30, 35 to 39 and uh, 50 to 59 and then all the rest of the females and then at 7.20 the males 50 to 54 so is it just based on the category groups? Uh, no I think they will put some some thought on that but however way you, you look at it the people that aren't starting at the front are going to have to ride through a lot of people having said that I'm all for this I think wave starts uh, are good um, of course it creates con- uh, creates some congestion for the faster dudes coming through and the slower people are going to be getting passed by a lot but I think it's a better solution than having the mass start and just having rampant drafting what happens so, to the cutoff time you know so what happens to midnight I'm pretty sure that it gets extended okay so I'm pretty sure don't quote me on that but I think but like let's say I started at 640 I'm, I'm in my 40 to 44 mm. age group does it is it eleven forty then? Yeah, I don't, we'd have to check in on that one. It's a really interesting one because let's say it is. You know, there's so few people that are that are that are pushing yeah. that that boat. So oh, I mean, no, but let, let's say I am forty to forty four, and I come in at just before twelve, mm. um, and I've actually ended up taking seventeen hours twenty, mm. and then you have got someone who's fifty five or fifty to fifty four, and they come in at twelve, and they're actually twenty minutes under. Mm. Or let's say I come at twelve oh one. Yeah, it's just a really funny one. I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm sure there is a solution. I'm yeah, just I just think it it's going to affect such a small number of people that uh, I'm sure they'll just let them finish. But in my opinion, if you go under 70 hours, you don't go on the results. Just, okay. I'm just saying. Uh, so the, the other thing is, this looks like it has been rolled out 
worldwide. Uh, yeah. th- th- so I also had an email yesterday from a guy I coach who's doing Zurich, and that is Ironman Switzerland, and that is going to a rolling start from what he could translate from uh, German into English. We got an email from someone this week, John. They weren't too happy with you. Oh, I haven't read down who, who sent an email. I'll figure it out later on. But go referring to episode 449 with regards to Ironman Melbourne going to a rolling start. Get your facts straight. Not happy. Uh, if go, you look I'm at gain, my facts. Uh, if you, was that? I'm waiting. Yep, go for it. Here we go. If you look at gain, you will see that they have a rolling swim start. Will be age group categories. I registered for Melbourne before it became a rolling start, and I couldn't care less if they changed it. You tell me now how I will have changed my swim training. The swim league is usually my strongest league, and it is where I can get a bit of a lead and or have more feet to draft off. But if the change means that more people will do Ironmans for the first time, that's awesome. No, it's not. It's a championship race. Here we go. Jombo, let it out, Jombo. You go head to head and you want to know if you're coming into the finishing shoot and if I've got a bloody out sprint Paul O'Doherty again, I want to but know. But I think you're saying that they started, you're starting the same swim that's, start. That, that, from, from what I understand, we should get someone on to just explain that. But still, if it's a rolling start and even if you do start in your age group, let's say you've got 100 people in my age group, I could go off first, Paul could go off, um, you know, two minutes behind me effectively if he was you know slow to get in the water so no it's it, the, the system that they've got in in Austria is exactly what I think they should be doing in Melbourne um, is having wave starts so you know that if you're going head to head with the person next to you whoever gets across that finish line first is first it's a championship race I've got no problem with the rolling start anywhere else so my problems were a it's championship race and b they're announcing it a month before the race you've already paid your money over and uh, no, no, sorry, I'm right. <laughs> Matt Young, that's Matt Young. And Matt Young kind of put a little dig in because he goes, keep up the good work, Bevan. Yeah. <laughs> Look out. I'm going to get a late entry from Melbourne. I'm going to find your age group. I'm just going to fudge my uh, fudge my date of birth yep. and uh, look out, Matt Young. <laughs> He's going to put a lot of effort in just to get you down. Yeah. Um, we've got another, what's some other news? Some random news, John. Rowan Dennis set a new one-hour record on the bike, so bike news. He went to 52.491 kilometres. That blows my mind away, man. That's amazing, isn't it? And he was go- He won uh, the Santos Tour Down Under earlier this year by, I think it was two seconds. Two seconds over, I think it was Richie Port and Cadell Evans was up there as well. He's at one second or third. And... Yeah, it's just impressive. But I think the more interesting thing is all these guys who, you know, Ryan Dennis, obviously a very good rider, wins the Tour Down Under, there's a strong field yeah. there, but we haven't had any of the real big hitter time trial guys yet have a go at it, and these guys are all going to be holding on to the record, but it's rumoured that, you know, potentially Bradley Wiggins and Tony Martin are going to have a crack at that, and if they do it, they're probably just going to blow this out of the water. Really? Um, so in, in, in the history of this race? Oh, it's all ch- it changes all the time. Um, so they've, they've changed the the way the record stands, you know, you've got to use a particular, you know, the bike's got to be set up in a particular way. Because so that, that was that thing about the Flying Scotsman, wasn't it? He was mm. he was very innovative in the way he designed bikes and that, yeah. they ended up kind of hurting him, didn't it? So, well, they have a, they have two, they have a couple of records now. So they have the fastest ever, I don't Just know, with, what, any machine. With, with anything. And then they've now got this sort of standardised record that... Um, but even then, you know, the bike 10 years from now is still going to be better than the bike. Yes, I don't know all the ins and outs. I haven't, yeah, haven't got my UCI facts in front of me, but for, whichever way you look at it, 52.491 kilometres is a freaking long way. And he basically passed the old record with a minute and a half to go. So the old record, 51.8 kilometres by Matthias Brandle of I Am Cycling uh, late last year. I wonder what the strategy is. You know, like. Well, the strategy is if you go out too hard, yeah, you're you explode. Yeah. Because another guy. Um, 
Bobridge was it Jack Jack Bobridge? Um, he he did it last week maybe as well and he went out like the clappers and yeah. uh, and exploded and yeah the guys that go out too fast and go above schedule uh, they're screwed and and from what I heard Ryan Dennis the way that he was doing it is you know he'd stick to schedule until the last 15 minutes and then if he took a risk then, then crank it up in the last 15 minutes but yeah, you, you go go too hard you blow we watched an some, hour is an awfully long time to time trial we watched this amazing documentary the other day called Closer to the Edge have you heard of the Isle of Man motorcycle races yeah, yeah the TTs yeah, they'll die oh man a lot of people <laughs> but, die there those guys are, a Kiwi guy died in the documentary yeah, yeah. mind blowing man but <laughs> just far out yeah. man check out if you haven't seen it I'm sure lots of you would have heard of it it's an amazing documentary but in the, in the last race there's a couple of crashes. It's far out. These guys are crazy. Like, imagine going to a sport knowing you're going to die <laughs> or, or, or knowing there's a high chance I could die. Yeah. But in the last race, there's one guy and he's in the lead and he's going around this, like, it's like on a, on a mountain. Just, yeah, yeah. And it goes around this corner. His back wheel comes off. He slides off the mountain. <laughs> like, he goes off the mountain. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. And they don't show you what happens at first. And you think, what's happening to this person? Later on, he lived. God knows how he lives. And God, he was lucky because what happens is he comes off the cliff, he falls down the hill, and there's this old, you know, like put together rock kind of um, thick, thick kind of fence. Yeah. And it, luckily it wasn't too high. It's probably maybe four foot high. Yeah. The guy went off the cliff, his body bounced and went over the <laughs> fence. Yeah. If he'd gone into the fence, he was just KO'd. Yeah. And you're just thinking, and, and they're interviewing him afterwards, and he's literally like, oh, I broke seven of my vertebrae, my arm, my leg. I'll be back next year. Yeah. <laughs> Just mad, man. Yeah. Check it out. It's called Closer to the Edge. Okay, we've got uh, Challenge Wanaka coming up next couple of weeks, isn't it? A couple of weeks. So that's on, it's on the Sunday. 20, 22nd. Because I'm doing the voice work there and they and they go to, oh, they're talking about flights. So, oh, yeah, I'll come up Saturday. I'll come up Friday. And they go, oh, it's on Sunday. I was like, oh, yeah. I should have known that. Yeah. <laughs> so Sunday, 22nd. So it's going to be an interesting race. So we'll be talking a bit more about that uh Next week, as and we build up, I'm in New Zealand. I'm in New Zealand is the next sort of WTC race, which is uh, first weekend of March, and same weekend is uh, you'll be. I know you're disappointed. We have not yet had an ITU update for quite some time, but the World Triathlon Series kicks off on March 6th. How long has it been in Abu Dhabi? Uh, it's the first year. Oh, I thought it was. So, so mm. what's the course like? Oh, it's got to be a pancake. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and hot. It's just going to be there for the money. Yeah. I mean, it's the same time of year that they have the had the Abu Dhabi triathlon, so I think it's it's hot, but I don't think it's crazy hot. Okay, um, John, we're going to go to a sponsor. We have Trainer Road. Here comes Jonathan Lee um, back on the show. Okay, here's Jonathan Lee. Okay, guys, we've got Trainer Road back on board. Loving their stuff, and I was on there the other day. I've been using it um, with a number of athletes that I coach, and you know, for a lot of them, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere, going through winter, you know, they're on a on a bike focus, and you know, so we pick out workouts, or I custom make my own workouts for them. And uh, for one guy in particular, I said, "Oh, well, let's let's get you going and doing a, a bit of a tra- one of their training plans." So we went on there, and it's all changed, changed for the better. So we've got Jonathan uh, back on board to fill us in on the changes to the training plans on trainer road so welcome back to the show jonathan thanks guys it's good to be back we're glad to be here hey so um i guess first tell us what Nessus, um the reasons you sort of changed to the the you know the current structure and um and, and maybe just explain you know uh how how it works now when you go on to trainer road yeah uh, before we well well first of all i guess to start out um this has kind of been a, a goal of ours and, and i guess um really a key focus of ours for a long time now. Um, 
Coach Chad, he's a USAC um, elite level coach, so a level one. Uh, that's the highest level, and he's one of the one of our founders, actually, of our company. And he's been building training plans really since the beginning. We've been building them and trying to kind of make them a little more robust and and perhaps cover a little bases that we hadn't. And what we ended up having was um, a lot of training plans that were really good, um, but it wasn't very easy to go through and to just lay out your training plan for the whole year. Um, it was pretty difficult. You had certain plans that uh, that would take longer than others, and maybe if you were doing a certain discipline, you wouldn't have a plan for that specific discipline. So we kind of revamped, took a step back, evaluated and really researched on how people planned their training plans and what were the problems that people had with training plans. And really, we just realized it's really darn confusing for most people. Mm. <laughs> so uh, we wanted to change that specifically. We wanted to make it so that anybody could come in and at the very least get a framework in place. And then since Trainer Road structures every workout, or I should say scales it to your FTP, you can be sure that the intensity of the workouts is going to be correct as well. So um, what we're trying to do is put that in place so that people that do decide to be self-coached or even coaches can use these plans as well, and then they can build in you know specific changes to them and, and alter them where whereas needed. But really, what we've tried to do is bring training plans to the people and make it available in such a way that people can just look at where they're at now, look at where they need to go, and understand exactly what they need to do in between. So... That was the the main motivation for this, and and it's a, a smaller piece to something much larger that we plan to do um, to make it even easier. So, um, but yeah, it's right before we just had a kind of a smattering of plans, if you will, everything from base uh, to to build plans to very specialized plans. Like uh, um, we had a, a half distance plan, and and we'll be building a whole more plan plans. But now it's broken up into three training phases that makes it really easy. So uh, people are loving it. It's making training uh, a, a possibility for or following a training plan a possibility for a lot of people that never considered that before. And that's sort of the structure is based off more traditional periodization. You know, you've got your, your step one, your base phase, your step two, your build phase, and then your step three, your, your sort of specialization and whatever you're going to be doing. Exactly right. Yeah. And um, there's a there's a lot of different theories about um, about uh, periodization out there, and what we done is uh, what we did in this case. It, we had uh, studied this this whole concept for. I mean, Chad had done it for years, and uh, myself and others were certified coaches as well um, on staff. Um, uh, heck, even some of our support staff. So uh, we tried to get yeah, working for <laughs> like us, everybody. becoming a coach. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. If you're a janitor, you're going to be a coach. So. <laughs> um, but we're trying to work with them to. Uh, uh, we've kind of brought all this knowledge together about periodization and, and we feel that what we've done is with the different plans or the different blocks, if you will, that are found within each one of those phases, whether it be base, build, or, or specialty, it makes uh, we think that we cover all bases, whether you're, you know, for base, for example, um, the first phase is base training and um, it's going to be 12 weeks long. And within that 12-week period, you can take one of two routes. Um, you can take a traditional base route or you can take a sweet spot base route. So traditional base is a lot of lower intensity work. Um, and whereas sweet spot base is going to, uh, it's definitely, definitely not a shortcut, but what it will do is it's going to spend more time at a higher intensity. It's that sweet spot range. So you're, you're sitting under threshold, but a little more than endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what you can do is in that same amount of time, you can bring about uh, some great adaptations. And for those of us that are time crunched, it's perfect. It's a, 
it's a great option to go through that. And I mean, the mo- the majority of us are those that aren't professional athletes. It's not as if we have unlimited time to train and mm. professional athletes themselves don't have unlimited time to train. So it's a, uh, it's a great option. So the base plan has those options and then they extend and they get even more um, specific as you get closer to, to the, I guess, to the goal. So you go from base training in the beginning and that's 12 weeks. And then the next phase is build and your build phase is going to be eight weeks. And there's three different build plans. There's a short power build, there's a general build and a sustained power build. So for, for those of us that are triathletes, the sustained power build in most cases is probably going to be a great fit. Um, if you're doing some sprint tries or anything else like that, then looking towards a general build or if it's you know something that's extremely short, maybe even a short power build. Um, but in most cases, uh, a general build or sustained build is going to be right. And, and then it filters into the specialty blocks at the end there in your specialty phase, which is eight weeks. And, and um, one of the key things, guys, is that, you know, as Jonathan said, you know, a lot of us are time crunched. And so they've got ranges from sort of doing four hours a week um, over four rides up to sort of nearly 13 hours a week in, in, in the sort of traditional base phase. So there's like nine different sort yeah, of routes you, can, you can go through there. Um, and for those of you that don't know anything about Trainer Road, you know, go back and listen to some of our past interviews. But, you know, from a coaching perspective, you know, a lot of people want to get a coach because they want to be making a really good use of their time. They go, well, I've got 10 hours to train a week. I want to make sure that I get back, get the most out of that. And that's often why they go to go to a coach is to, to get that. And it's similar with Training Road. Trainer Road, you go on there and you go, well, I've got four hours a week or five hours a week on the trainer over the winter period and I want to make sure that I'm not just getting on there and riding and not really advancing and so if you are self-coached this is a fantastic way where you can actually get on there and actually feel like you know um, progress uh, you're going to make some progress and I can assure you it, it makes indoor training infinitely more easy when you're actually trying to to follow something and if you don't a lot of this is power based and as we've talked about on previous podcasts is you know you can you can get virtual power set up if you don't have a power meter um so there's there's lots of varieties so um yeah i mean i guess any anything else you wanted to add on jonathan around the you know around the training plans yeah absolutely um in right right now like you said it's um the the training plans themselves especially for for triathletes i think it's a huge deal it's a huge investment in time and you have to make sure that you uh you're investing that time wisely um and and that's what we're focusing on actually right now for triathletes so um we've got our base uh blocks all in all in in place there our build blocks are in place and now what we're, we're focusing on is building out those eight week specialty blocks or um just thinking of it as the cherry on top to your training uh, it'll bring you to peak form um, we've got our, our road racing plans out of the way and now we're fully focused on triathlon right now. So, uh, we're planning on developing a, a half distance plan, a, a full distance plan. So half and full Ironman, um, uh, developing a sprint try one that would be or better said, perhaps an Olympic, uh, distance ones that we can focus on that higher intensity, shorter duration as well. And, uh, potentially also some duathlon plans for, for those of us that, uh, that dislike water. I'm in that boat. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're, we're building out those specialty blocks for, for everybody within the multi-sport genre right now. Um, eventually we'll, we'll have Xterra within there and everything else. So, um, yeah, within the next few weeks we should have, uh, so keep your eyes peeled there. We'll have uh, a half distance plan, a full distance plan, and we'll be getting the Olympic distance plan out there soon. So 
really, when you look at it, you'll have 12 weeks of base, eight weeks of build, and then eight weeks of specialty. And if you just count backwards in time there from your, from your key event, um, you'll be able to line up a perfect peak, really, for your training, which is pretty, pretty fantastic to be able to get that done, especially with how, uh, with how much time and complication there goes into training uh, for such a paced, uh, pacing-focused event like, uh, like an Ironman or anything else. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. Well, We're the really great thing, guys, is you're only paying $10 a month. So, you know, you, you, know, you can pay $10 a month or you can buy an annual subscription for $99. So for the price point, it's pretty good service. And that basically gives opens you up for everything, isn't it, Jonathan? There's no sort of added extras anywhere in there for any of the plans or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. We we never want to segment that. We like giving everything there, uh, everything to our users. So uh, for ten bucks a month, you get everything, and we won't be changing that. So the training plans are in there. There's uh, over eight hundred workouts created by the coach or by our coach Chad right now. Um, so, and then all of those, of course, uh, what we do is we just take your FTP from a fitness assessment, and you can assess that at any point with an FTP test. And then after we know that, we can scale all of those workouts to your fitness level. So it's never too hard or too easy, which is pretty cool. So, um, so yeah, and, and there's a workout creator. So if you don't want to use one of the 800 workouts or your coach is giving you some specific work that you don't see in the, in the workout feed, then you can create one just dragging and dropping intervals. It's that easy. So um, all of that stuff is included within the subscription. Uh, it's on Mac, PC, and uh, iOS devices. Yeah, so, well, yeah, so. I have it all. Cool. Pretty Good times. So, guys, we're going to be going into a few other things over the coming weeks um, that you can get your teeth into. And um, and as I said earlier, you know, um, often you, you guys out there that don't have power meters, you might be freaked out by some of this. But you know, I know I've got some uh, some guys locally that just use their standard trainer and use the virtual power and find that really effective in terms of uh, you know making their way through the workouts. So, Jonathan, we'll um, we'll catch up with you again soon, and uh, we'll. We've got some more exciting stuff coming up in the next few weeks. So thanks as always for your time. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thanks, mate. See you later, man. And we are back training road, guys. Just on there. Check it out, man. It's so cheap. I can't get over the price point. It's great times. You just get on there and it's just you just get on and you just ride. I mean, you just you've obviously if you're doing the plans, you've got to pick your plans and stuff, but it just makes effective use of your time. You get on there, most of the workouts are sort of, you know, an hour, maybe up to an hour and a half, and it's just boom and you get it done. It's nice and effective and uh yeah, love it. Okay, Jombo, we had a discussion this week and Woo-hoo! it may go down as our most ineffective discussion of the week of oh, all time. And there's an extra comment. There was only one comment there for a while, but uh Oh wow, we've doubled it. We've, we've doubled. had a hundred percent increase. Yeah. <laughs> Oh so, no! The, the, the comment was from Mike Threegold. This week's discussion knocked it out of the park. <laughs> smiley, smiley face. No, wait a second. I think someone actually emailed me through one. So uh, normally I don't pull up the email ones because I like, go to Facebook. But because okay. we're so low this week, I might have to pull and, it up. And this is—it's interesting that there was such a weak, resp- weak response because it's an area that there's not really much information on. So the the question was, um, you know, we had an article that Melina sent through about you know these wealthy people and uh, cycling and how they just throw their money at the sport and uh, you know not necessarily getting a great return and the companies are sort of random companies you know you've got lotteries you've got um, carpet companies you've got hearing aid companies and you're like what the hell have they got associated with cycling yet these guys are pouring millions into it um, and why aren't we you know 
there's obviously similarities between cycling and, and triathlon. Why are we not necessarily seeing it? So the question sort of was, is who's put the money in the past and who do you think is going to be doing it in the future? You know, who might, you know, is there uh, somebody who's, you know, like Jensen Buttons into triathlon now? Is he going to start cranking money into it? Is, is there, um, you know, bloody... Bill Gates and people yeah, like that, yeah. are they going to start throwing money at it? Arnold Sulikov, the good man that he is, is the only man that had any thoughts on this. He think, uh, I think Bud Light and Lecoq Sportif were big money in the early 80s and 90s with their respective series in the USA and France. Today, I would be curious to know how much GoPro are putting on the table. Um, in the future, my bet would be that we might see a bank or a TV uh, or TV bringing big dollars. Okay, so there's just a couple of emails I got through about this. Just all met the President Reagan. That's a good nickname. Wasn't yeah, it? that's a good one. Uh, Fox Catcher, which we were talking about last week on mm-hmm. the show, the the movie that's out recently, and uh, the guy from which family was it? The Dupont. Dupont family. Uh, he was just saying that King Glar actually mentioned us when we did our Legends interview with King Glar. King Glar was a part of it. Oh yeah. And I wish I knew the story at the time because I would have mm. asked a lot more questions around mm. it. But um, we also got an email through from Paul Silky Smooth Williams. Oh, we've been <laughs> we do deliver on the nicknames. Yeah. Sometimes we don't, but most of the time we do. He's got a. Um, I'm not a Facebook person, and seeing the response was so overwhelming. Here's my <laughs> input. <laughs> so he's got maybe not their money, but the Bray brothers who started the Formula One series in Australia. I'm trying to get them on this podcast if anybody knows them I had somebody Facebook them the other day but I haven't heard anything back from that so if anybody knows so tell me about them I don't know much about them oh they started the F1 series in, in Australia was it like the Uncle Toby's and yeah yeah yeah. Okay. they basically ran that so well, I don't think it was their money but they were the guys the brains behind it I'd love to get them on the Legends show so uh, if Anybody Surely knows. someone's got contact. Yeah, Peter Colson, come on, sharpen up. Yeah. Uh, the winner made a series that made stars of the athletes and increased their marketability. Uh, the Team Abu Dhabi Tri Team. Um, they were short term but lucrative by all accounts. The challenge races in the Middle East. How much is due to Felix and his lesser extent Mecca, or is it um, the Sheik? Uh, and then he's got Andrew Messick and WTC. Hmm, maybe not. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, doesn't seem to be many other sugar daddies on the horizon for our sport. That's the point, isn't there? there it doesn't attract the sugar daddy. Is it because it doesn't have team factor? I don't know. It just uh, – and you also – Because when you think about cyclists, you know that Lance Armstrong rode for Discovery yeah. or or Postal. Yeah. And you knew that so-and-so rode – you know, so the, the, the athlete has this massive link to who the sponsorship is. And I think, you know, part of it will be ego, you know. So if I'm the, 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 the owner of the, the Lamprey team or – whatever to I am cycling team, whatever, you can go along, <coughs> excuse me, the Tour de France and you can be along in the sponsors' vehicles and you can go and yep. meet with the best cyclists in the world and be part of it. Whereas in triathlon, you wouldn't really get there. I mean, I what suppose you go to The Kona. guy we interviewed in Kona? Yeah, from the, the team you place. Yeah. Uh, so he got it, I guess, to a, to a smaller degree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess, but he's he's created that. So and that was going to be one of my comments. You know, I was thinking, oh, well, I don't know who Sugar Daddy's in there, but in terms of the teams that are, not yeah, you know, you say you've got the Timex team. I mean, that's pretty obvious. It's yeah. just a straight marketing yeah, thing. Um, but the ones that I could think of, just top of my head, you know, you place. Um, you're an independent real estate group in the lifestyle business. So yeah. well, that doesn't really have a lot to do with triathlon. And then the other one I was thinking of was uh, PWAG, which is part of. They're not massive, but that's uh, Marino van Holnacker and a few other guys on that team. And they are basically industrial chains. You know, they make chains for for cars. They make chains for just you know general. Industry. We used to have German banks as well. A lot of German banks would we get did. involved. You, know, you had uh, Deutsche Bank and, yeah. uh, and that, but they've, you know, they're no longer. And then the other one that I was thinking of, I just looked at, uh, you know, um, Challenge Rote is now sponsored by da- 
dative or dative um, and they're uh, based in Nuremberg so that's very close to Rote and they're a software company and IT service provider for tax consultants, auditors, lawyers as well as their clients. So you know I think until we start to see some more of these non-triathlon names popping up I can't really see too much on the horizon other than you know getting Nike and you know just getting all these sports companies on board. Yeah so but we don't even treat that. No no. You know, yeah. in the 80s they did. In yeah. the 80s, you know, Nike mm. was a big part of the sport mm. and Reebok, you know, when we did that interview. It's very much niche niche triathlon companies. You know, like Newton yeah. are, the, are the sponsor at, at Ironman. And, uh, of course, you've got the, the swim and the bike sponsor. I think I think Blue, was it Blue or Specialised or somebody was – I think the coverage was brought to you by Specialised last year. I think we heard that about 5 million times. Yep. But I think the actual bike sponsor, I think, might have been Blue. But I could be wrong. Okay, Jumbo. Oh, anything else you want to add? No, it's just about weak, really. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just about. Was that a question, or was it just that there wasn't any many great answers? I think it was um, just a comment on. Yeah, the, the shows that it doesn't happen. Melina was saying, "Where's the money in triathlon?" I think there's your answer. It's, it's not. It's not there. <laughs> uh, I mean, and the other ones, are, you know, he had tried Dubai and Abu Dhabi and stuff, and that's just tourism authorities, and they've all sort of dried up a bit as well. This week's discussion is where is the coolest place to have an Ironman distance race? Matt Young sent through this. Matt Young, your mate. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay, this, let's change this way. <laughs> Question, do you guys know of any Ironman races around the world that is completely point to point from the start of the swim to the end of the marathon, 226 long, 226 kilometres long? If not, where would you think would be a good place to have one? Obviously the best place would be somewhere on the coast with an ocean, ocean bike, run and swim. So yeah, so I expanded that. You know, Matt was asking around, are there any point-to-point triathlons? Um, and the only one that I can really think of is Norseman off the top of my head because, you know, wrote, you know, you've got races that are split transitions, but we're talking uh, like a coast-to-coast like we have in New Zealand where you start in one position and pretty much the entire, the entire journey is, yeah, point-to-point. Point. So, um, yeah, let us know if there are any. And if there aren't, where would the cool places be? So if you them? were going to create a point-to-point race, mm. where would you go, man, that would just be an amazing experience to be able mm. to do mm. that race? It might be the one in, um, in the UK as well where you go up to Ben Nevis. I think that's more or less point-to-point Is as it? well. So there might be a few out there. but yeah. So basically we want to see the best 226k point-to-point, point-to-point in the world mm. where you can swim, bike and run. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be another massive one. Maybe. Yeah, I reckon we might, get, yeah. we might get three this week. Because how far would be? We'd be able to go coast to coast. I mean, they do it in the coast to coast, but that's sort of a mountains where you'd... Okay, let me back it up, John. You'd have to swim. Google Maps. Here we go. You'd swim, so. you'd swim in... Where would you swim? There's not that many safe places in... No, you'd swim... No, you'd swim here. You'd, no, you'd here, swim in Lake Brunner, where we swam uh, on our camp, which was... That'd probably be 4K across there. And then you'd bike from there across to Christchurch. That, would, that was, uh, you know, that was... That was 200 Ks. So okay. you'd stop before Christchurch. And then run home. And then you'd run um, to Sumner. They'd probably be about 42 Ks, actually. Sean, I think there's an event in the year. Yeah. I think they'd be just bang on. I'm in South Island. Got me thinking, Bevan. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Some would say somewhere to coast to coast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just that. It's not quite, because you're not quite starting at the coast. You could run. But that's them. the appeal of coast to coast, isn't it? You, mm. you dip your water in one coast in the morning. And well, that's the thing. You could run the first part of the run. You could run from the coast to the lake, <laughs> okay. and then it wouldn't be two twenty six. Okay. Pretty close. Okay. Coast to coast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're off for stealing other people's ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, John. Let's put some music on. Here's some music. It's 
That's tastic. It's fantastic. Oh, we even did the music this week. Yeah, when we're back in the studios, it's all yeah, it was good music for that. You like you chose it. Yeah, yeah. I went through a few different. You go, ooh, oh, it's back, it yeah, yeah, back it up, back it up. Okay, Jumbo, what's your stat? Well, so this week's uh, theme and our interview is coming up. Well, coming up is uh, how to be fast when you're fast at fifty. So Joe Friel's talking. We're <laughs> talking about that. And it's not easy being fast. Well, the question then becomes, John, is what is fast? Yes. And nice lead in. Yeah, thanks. And so I was trying to do my research last night, and I did actually spend a little bit of time on this, and I had pretty much no success. I thought, okay, so what's the fastest Ironman we've ever had by a 50-year-old in the world? And I couldn't really find the answer easily. I mean, I could have gone through every result it wrote in Austria, and that's probably where you're going to find it. And then I thought, oh, I wonder what the course records are in Kona. That might give us a clue. Couldn't find that anywhere, so I was a bit disappointed. You know, we should. This that's a hell of a lot more. No, that's really important as well as the AWA <laughs> program. You know, I want to know who the fastest people are in Kona at, uh, at say the fifty to fifty-four. So what I actually did is I went through the last couple of years, and I know that. 2013 was a very, very fast year in Kona yep. and there was a lot of course records set. And so I had a look at that and I pulled out the 50 to 54 from that year. I looked at you know, a couple of years either side and these times were significantly faster. So I'm thinking these might be the course records, but if they're not, they're basically the fastest 50 to 54s in the last couple of years. Well, so these the are pretty quick. This is a good representation yes. of what a fast 54 to 54 would be. And it is fast. So in the 50 to 54 in 2013, you had Wolfgang... Uh, Schmatz from Germany, 105 swim, five four four fifty four on the bike, wow. three eleven on the run, nine sixteen. That's so impressive, isn't it? At That's fifty fast. to fifty four. So I remember um, guy that I was helping the program. He did about that as well, and he's thirty five to thirty nine, <laughs> and he had a good day at the office. He was really? about nine fifteen, and he's you know similarish. Yeah, you know, he's qualifying in our age group, and I think he finished. And maybe a fifteenth or something in the thirty-five to thirty-nine. Uh, That's pretty solid yeah. for this dude. Fifty fifty-four at nine sixteen. Morning, Joe. Uh, and then on the girls' side of things, we had Christine uh, Hedelman from CHE. What's CHE? Mm. Chile. Is it? No, no it's not. <laughs> Czech no. Republic. Oh, I'm not sure. Why don't you Google that while okay. I explain? CHE, I'm not sure what country that is. Okay, yeah, that's my job. Uh, anyway, she went 107 in the swim, uh, 5.29 on the bike, and 3.36 for a 10.19.37. Okay, so Again, country code. Very solid. Oh, you you wouldn't have got that. What's that? The country. I, don't, I know what it is now. What? Think um, cross. Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I was wondering about Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit odd. Why, 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 yeah. SWI? Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so female, um, Christine Hedelman from Switzerland. Yeah. 1019, that's fast. That, so, that's, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? When you're over 50, mm. you know, like life's over. No, <laughs> not for these guys. I would have taken that. Yeah. I would have taken 1019. Okay, <laughs> yeah. what time did I do? I well, can't I remember. About 1045, wasn't it? Something like that. No, I'm not. I'm, you can see I've put that into a <laughs> compartment in my brain that I'm just not going to remember. But she would have beaten me. I'm sure of it. I think I did about ten forty in Kona. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Okay. I rub it in. Yeah. Rub it in. <laughs> I spent two years training with it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so Wolfgang was was awesome. But that just goes to show fifty year olds and fast, and it looks like it's getting significantly you know, faster. Well, year and, and also with knowledge, you know, like you know, knowledge and technology and, and understanding of bodies and stuff. How long do you think it'll be before we see a, a, like a fifty-year-old go sub nine? Well, that's what I was trying to find, and I'm sure if he's gone nine sixteen there in Kona, I wouldn't be surprised if he like had, had a sub nine at Rotor Austria or yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
So that's if if anybody does know if there has been a fifty year old, I will. Uh, We'll have another stat next week. Because that is mind-blowing, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, sub nine. Sub I don't n- care if the course is, you know, yeah. at Austria and Roach, you know, there's always questions about the, the, the accuracy of the course. But sub nine, that's that takes some doing. Yeah, man, that's, that's impressive. Mm. Um, okay, we've got an interview coming up with Joe Ferrell. He's got a new book coming out, Why Am I Getting Slower and What Can I Do About It? Oh, that's the underlying theme of it. And the book is called, what's it called, John? What Ferrell? It Takes to Be Fast After 50. Okay, so here's uh, Joe Ferrell. Righty-ho. We've got a very popular guest back on this week and he's going to be discussing a topic that uh, is near and dear to many of our listeners' hearts. Uh, his name's Joe Friel and we're going to be talking about what it takes to be fast after 50. So welcome back to the show, Joe. <coughs> Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So um, this, uh, this is going to be an interesting topic, and, and I, I read on your website, for you guys that are interested in this, you can find blogs, and the book will be released by going to joefreelsblog.com. Um, but you see the underlying theme of the book is, why am I getting slower and what can I do about it? And I get into the why I use so much research rather than simply my opinions to write this book. So I guess my first question to you is, um, you know, you're a coach with a huge amount of experience. You've been an athlete that's gone through this um, you know, ageing process as, as well yourself personally. So, so what was the motivation and, or the reason behind going and delving into so much research out there when you've probably got a huge amount of knowledge yourself? Well, I always like to uh, find verification for things that I, that I have opinions on or believe. And sometimes I find I'm wrong, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, and this was, uh, you know, this this one was interesting for me because the last time I had read the research on this topic, aging, uh, the effect of aging on, on performance, was back in the 90s when I wrote a book called Cycling Past 50. And at that time, there was hardly anything available uh, in, in the area of research on this topic. And so uh, when I came back to it again, uh, started in two. 2013, doing the reading the research again, I realized that I was overwhelmed now with with um, with research, and I came across all kinds of things I didn't even know even existed out there in the research world. So consequently, I learned an awful lot, and uh, uh, the research proved to uh, be beneficial because it, it, for the most part, agreed on what's going on as far as the aging athlete. Was there any surprises for you in terms of the research versus what you've actually seen happening to yourself or athletes you've coached in the past? Um, you know, not really. It's, it's pretty much um, what I expected to find. Um, the, the, what I, from what I recalled back when in the seventies or nine, I'm sorry, nineties when I read the research the first time, or the research that was available then was that around age seventy there was a rapid decline in performance taking place compared with uh, the previous couple of decades of life. And now it appears in that time since I read the research back in the 90s until oh, 10 years, 15 years later, it's, uh, it's now been pushed back to about the mid-70s when that begins to occur. And I suspect that's going to get pushed back even farther just because there are so many baby boomers now in their 60s, uh, late 60s, that they're going to start breaking all of these records and lower them significantly and across the board in all sports. 
Um, we had a, we've got a few questions around um, you know, ages and, and when you see that deterioration in performance. And so um, my next question is really around training age and, and your, your actual age. So we had a question from Arnold Sulikov. Um, what does Joe think about uh, as an age group athlete mostly doing Ironman distances, when can we see a physiological drop in performance due to age? So have you found any sort of markers where performance really starts to drop off if you, you know, uh, are still keeping up a, a good level of training? Well, I guess it depends on what we call performance. Um, let's, let's say we define performance as being your VO2 max, your aerobic capacity. That's typically one measure of performance. The ultimate measure is going to a race and how you do there. But let, let's take something that's more scientific and put it in the laboratory and measure it. What we'll find is that around age 35, there's actually a slight downtick in the uh, VO2 max of athletes, endurance athletes. Um, so it actually begins rel- relatively early. However, most athletes are able to overcome that because they've learned how to train. They've gotten a lot wiser you know, with all their, their years of training behind them. So consequently, they can, uh, they can overcome um, a small, tiny little drop in aerobic capacity in, in their 30s. Uh, but eventually, it's going to catch up with them. Uh, typically, by, uh, by the late 40s, typically the athlete is very aware that things are going in the wrong direction. And uh, that is why I made it, you know, fast, the title of the book is Fast After 50. The reason for that is because the, by the age of 50, we've pretty well come to the conclusion that there's something going on that has to do with my age rather than with my, perhaps with my training. It has to do with what's going on inside my body. Mm. And um, I guess part of that also, you've got the, the, the training age. So if somebody's starting triathlon at the age of 45, then it's realistic for them to think that over the coming years they're probably going to be able to get faster. Even though they're an ageing athlete, yes. they're going to overcome that with actually um, becoming better at you know, the three sports. No, no question about it. Yeah, Once you start a sport, once you start doing triathlon, uh, no matter when you start in life, you go through a period of time where you continue to get better and better and better. And that can go on for years, maybe 8 to 12 years that can go on. Because you learn so much and your body adapts very slowly, especially aerobic fitness comes very slowly. And so it just takes time. And uh, consequently, you improve regardless of your age, you're going to improve. And somebody could start when they're 75 years old, they would still improve for many years after their 75th birthday. Mm-hmm. So it's really, there's really two things going on with that athlete. There's a decline going on uh, in terms of performance that's age-related, but there's incline or increase in performance going on because of of uh, training and at this point in time in the early stages the increase is actually greater than the decrease. So you, you talk about you know at 35 we start to you know the VO2 starts to kind of shift in a, in a downward spiral um, you know as we age are there different kind of training that we should be doing so you know when you get into your 40s should we really start to be focused on the strength work but more you know what kind of is a trajectory for the person who has been an athlete for a long time. Do we want to kind of be shifting our our training regimen? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Uh, there really is no particular answer for everyone. It kind of de- it depends. It's one of those same things that that we can always talk about in sport. It always depends on who the athlete is and what their situation is like. In this case, what is their body 
doing, what's happening. Mm. Uh, there are three reasons, three primary reasons why age catches up with this. First one we've already talked about, which is a decline in aerobic capacity or VO2 max. The second is a decline in muscle mass. Um, and that can begin, again, in somebody's 30s. They can begin to lose muscle mass, although at first they won't, won't even be aware of it. It'll be such a minor thing. But again, by the time they're 50, they can be very aware of it. And uh, so uh, during those 40s, if the athlete starts lifting weights, they can keep that at bay. Hmm. Um, body fat begins to accumulate. Uh, again, or mid-30s, doesn't, uh, doesn't appear to be consequential. But by the time the athletes in their late 40s, especially in their 50s, excess body fat begins to show up, and uh, that serves as a, an anchor, if you will, for uh, performance going forward. So again, if the athlete is doing things to be to be aware, is aware of this, and is doing things to uh, to deal with it uh, early on, they can keep that at bay also, and not allow it to become an issue in their 50s. At some point, at some point, all three of these are going to become issues. They're not going to be stopped forever. They're going to become issues at some point. The question is, um, how early will that point occur in their, in their lifespan? And secondly, how great will the, the shift be? With regards to, you know, if we look at um, you know, particular workout, not particular workouts, but a, a lot, we had quite a few questions around intensity and, um, and recovery for the older athletes. So in your experience, you know, is it still fine? Uh, do you often keep the same level intensity, say, if you were giving a, a 30 year old age group or a program versus a 50 year old age group who's in a, a similar stage of their, their training age? Um, do you sort of keep the intensity similar or you, do you do less for the older athlete and more recovery? Yeah, good question. This really comes down to something I write about in the book terms that uh, scientists use are called dose and density. When we talk about those things. The dose is how difficult is the workout. Uh, density is how close together do we space those types of workouts. So um, what we want to do for the aging athlete, the athlete over the age of 50, is we want to control the dose. Um, but sometimes, amazingly, athletes in their 50s can do the same dose that they did when they were in their 20s they can still do an amazing workout. The problem is the density can't be nearly as high. Uh, when, I was in my, when I was in college, I was able to do a killer workout every day. I was a, a runner, track and field, on the team in college. And uh, I could do these amazingly difficult, high-dose workouts that our coach gave us every day. Never got a break. Always a hard workout. Um, so the, the dose was very high. The density was very high. Today, I may be able to do one of those workouts. Probably not. When I was in my 50s, I'm sure I could have done one of those workouts. The issue would have been I couldn't have done five of them in a week as I did back then. So the issue becomes how much time do we need to recover after these um, high-intensity, high-dose workouts. As we get older, the dose becomes significantly lower. So I'm now 71 years old. Consequently, I've got to, keep the, I've got to be very aware of the dose also. I can't do the dose the dosage I did when I was 50 years old. So I got to watch both things, but density is the first issue athletes have to deal with as they age. As they age beyond their 50s, now they have to be pay attention to both dose and density. So it kind of depends on who we're talking about. So f f from your personal experience, you know, when you say you've, you've got to watch the dose um, of, of a particular workout, is it that you just can't do the percentage of 
FTP or percentage of VO2 max or whatever it might be, or do you just end up so smoked from that workout you wouldn't be able to do anything for the next three days? You know, what's the outcome for the athletes doing doing that, and, and what have you experienced yourself if you were say going to go to the track and do you know ten half mile repeats or something like that? You know, what would the out, what, what would the consequences be? Yeah, that that's the uh, that's the issue the athletes always concerned about is is how much dose can I handle? The big issue for aging athletes is injury. And so if the athlete goes to the track when they're 25 years old and does 10 half-mile half repeats, 10 800s, um, at a high uh, intensity, high pace, fast pace, um, they can probably get away with it, uh, no problems whatsoever. But you take that same person 40 years later, they're 65 years old, go to the track, do the same workout, and there's a high risk now for the athlete getting injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, the body doesn't handle as much. Uh, so the question becomes then how how do we get the athlete to the point where they can handle a greater a greater dose, and that means giving the body more time to adapt. We can't we can't rush the body as we get older into a fitness. We have to cajole it. We have to baby it along, and bring it into high levels of fitness very gradually. So, so with the aging athlete, you know, like if we think about the periodization of their program, is it about not having as much of the downtime? Is it about just being consistent at a, at a, a slightly higher level than maybe what you did when you were younger? Um, yeah, what will happen is because of the density thing I mentioned, we're going to have more time between hard workouts. Again, some athletes in their 50s will be able to handle the same dose they did when they were in their 30s, no problem at all, even, you know, even in their 20s perhaps. But they're going to have to have more days to recover afterwards. So one of the things I, I propose that we do with older athletes is we we allow two days following every hard workout instead of only one day. So typically, younger athletes do a hard workout every other day. So it's hard, easy, hard, easy, hard, easy. Mm-hmm. Whereas with an older athlete, it needs to be, especially my age, in my 70s, it needs to be hard, easy, easy, hard, easy, easy. Whereas some athletes in their 50s may be able to do hard, moderate, easy, hard, moderate, easy. So it really depends, again, on who we're talking about and how well the athlete recovers from hard or high doses. What about in terms of um, gender, you know, because uh, what did the research say and, and what, are, what, are, what is your anecdotal experience in terms of, you know, the female athlete aging? Is it, does it run in parallel with guys or is it different? No, it's very similar. Um, at least it appears to be similar. Unfortunately, the research is very biased in terms of subjects toward males. Uh, it's only been in the last maybe, I don't know, 10 years or so that sports science has begun to use uh, do female-only studies or, fem- or studies involving both males and females. Generally, prior to that, um, it was hard to find a study that females were involved in. It's almost always male-dominant um, subjects in these studies. Scientists seem to um, have believed for a long time that the only difference between a man and a woman was hormones, and nothing else was really a big issue. And then they came to learn that that's really not the case. There are things that are different between, between men and women, and so they're, they're learning. And not that they know what all these things are, but this has become an assumption that is yet, yet not really proven. And so we're starting starting to see more research studies using only women and both men and women within the same study. Mm. Joe, I'm not sure if this book covers this question, but it's, it's one I'm interested in regarding the, um, the psychology of aging because one thing that happens for a lot of people as they age is 
they almost allow it to be an excuse. Um, and, and you know, and you, there is this kind of physiological thing happening where you are actually you can't perform as what you were when you were younger. And so, what's that fine line between not allowing an age to be an excuse, but also training wisely based on the fact that I am not what I used to be? Yeah, I've I've got a saying I've used with athletes. Uh, the saying is that um, you're not old until age becomes your excuse. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's true, isn't it? You're right. Yeah, I, I hear people in there. I'll, I'll be in the gym sometimes. You know in the locker room and hear somebody on the other end of the locker room saying something about how they're 35 now and how difficult it is to train. They can't really do what they used to do and they're, they're old now. And it's such a joke to think about that. Uh, they're <laughs> yeah. already already claiming age is their problem and they're only 35, in their 30s, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know people in their 60s who never even talk about their age. In fact, they, they can love to compete with anybody. They don't care who it is. Um, so it's, um, you know, it, it's really all in your head for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this next question is a massive topic, but um, it would, Lucy Francis was just saying, ask Joe how he's modified his nutrition through his career based off what you've learnt around ageing and whether, um, I mean, you talked about your body fat percentage uh, changing and you've got to be careful around that and losing muscle mass. But, um, you know, obviously, we, you know, there's, there's a ton of information out there on different nutritional plans now, but in your opinion, does that change much as you go through the ages, or do you just need to settle into the, you know, the right right sort of diet for you, and, and hopefully keep it constant? Yeah, unfortunately, it, it really probably cannot remain constant. The body is constantly changing, uh, and the changes it goes through have to do with the loss of muscle mass and the increase in body fat that we see with with advancing years. And those things have many; they're, they're primarily hormonal related issues. Uh, and our bodies, as we get older, aren't really our, our hormones aren't the same as they did when we were much younger, even ten years ago. Um, those are always changing, and it just so happens that nutrition is one of the things that has an effect on hormones. It's, there's other things too that affect hormones, such as exercise. Um, typically, what, what the research suggests is that as we get older, as muscle mass um, is uh, the rate of muscle mass is, decl- is, is increasing muscle mass loss, uh, what the research suggests is that we need to eat more protein. We need to shift our diet toward getting more protein in. And that has been shown to have a small effect on hormonal production, uh, growth hormones, for example, testosterone, um, insulin-like growth factor, basically the hormones that have to do with, that are anabolic hormones, hormones that help us to to grow muscle. There have been several studies recently where the subjects um, were uh, older athletes, uh, some of all of whom lifted weights, but some ate much more protein than the others. And those who ate more protein tended to either maintain muscle mass better, or they gained muscle mass compared with the other uh, at a faster rate than the other group did. So protein appears to be a part of the the answer to that question: What do I do with my diet as I get older? Mm. This, this is a kind of a random question, Joe. But what's your, what's your thoughts? And I'm not sure if you have them or not, but on our um, hormone replacement therapy? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really the right person to ask about that. I, I, that's more of a medical issue, and I tend to shy away from it. Uh, I really would look for ways of doing things that are not uh, medically related uh, mm. without guidance from a doctor. Mm. So 
not being a doctor, I'm not about to give guidance. Yeah, that's good. Fair enough. Um, in terms of the, the rest of the book, is there anything else you want to share? I mean, um, I know it's coming out in electronic format <laughs> shortly, but maybe just um, tell us a little bit more about the book uh, um, and anything else you want to get out there. Well, the bottom line is when, I, when I'm talking about aging athletes, I mentioned the three things that, that cause a decline in performance or loss of aerobic capacity, loss of muscle mass, increase in body fat. The things that seem to be to affect that, all three of those things are number one, doing high intensity interval training. So I have, I would have even Ironman athletes doing that, doing high intensity interval training. High intensity in this case means aerobic capacity efforts. Yeah. Aerobic capacity efforts are on a one to ten scale. That's about a nine effort. So it's very very hard intensity, and you can't do, hold the intensity for more than just a handful of minutes, three four minutes at the very most. So that's that's one thing I would have athletes do, but I but the issue becomes periodization for an Ironman athlete. We have to look at when when are we going to do those intervals during the season, and that would be primarily in the base period as opposed to the the build period. Build period needs to be uh, focused primarily on uh, doing things that are race like, and of course we never race like in an Ironman does not have, has nothing to do with hitting your aerobic capacity, but we can do those in the base period and build up this aerobic capacity. And then we can maintain it over the course of the remainder of the season by doing uh, occasional high-intensity workouts. So that's number one. Second is that athletes should be doing um, high-load, low-resistance or low-repetition uh, weight training on a regular basis. Same thing again. That needs to be done uh, on a very serious basis early in the base period. And then as the season progresses, it becomes more of a maintenance mode as opposed to a, a primary focus of training. So those are the two other things, and they also have an effect on body fat. Mm. Uh, bodies, people who do those things tend to be able to keep their body fat under control better than people who don't. Mm. Mm. Awesome. So um, as I said, I, I mean, I read on your, your blog page that it's coming out in um, electronic form and format shortly. Is that correct? Your, your, That's the true. Book? It should, yeah. should be available within about, tell me, within about a week, actually. Cool. So if people want to find out more, um, it's the best place to go to your website, joefreelsblog.com? Yes, that's true. Awesome. Oh, it's Joe, a great resource for not just his books, but for everything. You've got a lot of blogs and just a really great resource for all things Joe. Yeah, so uh, get on Thanks. it, guys. And um, we love having you on, Joe. You're always insightful. And Bevan and I, uh, we're in that first bracket of aging that you've talked yeah, about we're sort of in the, 30, the, the vo2 is just dropping now 35 to 39 and i can feel my belly expanding as i've eased off the training and i'm not happy about it and uh and i will be i will be reading this book with uh, great interest so thanks as always for your time you're a legend thanks, thanks mate. You guys oh great interview john outstanding we, we haven't shared it yet because we we, we you love doing that. It's your little joke. I know. It? It's every <laughs> time. I do love it. Dude, the amazing thing about podcasts is we're back. You know, you guys wouldn't have known it. We're back. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. It's an oldie but a goodie. I never get, when I teach aerobics, we do it every time for the show. I always go test, test, test. And in a few seconds, they say tickles. And you do it as well nowadays. It's a great joke. And I've been doing it for 15 years. Never get sick of it. Belinda and Jen will be sitting back going, What is that loser doing? It's not funny. Speaking of Belinda, I got an email from Belinda this week, Jumbo. Oh, bullshit. I did. I did. I goes, uh, I, got, God, I missed it for last week. It just goes, uh, in your wee conversation, it was from you actually. And I thought, this is a weird email. It took me a while to figure out it wasn't you. Um, in your wee conversation podcast piece for tonight, which was, she gave to me, uh, 
uh, if John mentions the training camp, ask who he played pool with. <laughs> I sunk the white off the black. Oh, did she beat you, did she? She was actually, but no, we, okay, okay. It's one of those games where, you know, she was, uh, she was beating me and then you get like four in a row and yeah. you get yourself right back in contention. Yeah. And uh, and then it came to us both trying to sink the black, and the black was just going all over. The it was just like shot after shot, and neither of us were getting it anywhere close. And then I sunk the white off the black. Oh, so she's so the champion. She yeah, but you took that well. Mm. I did actually just stormed off. <laughs> just, you always like that. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't really. But I did, we did leave the pub quickly. Oh yeah. Um, where are we? Where are we? It was I'm free pool as well. That was even better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It was at, and it's, uh, I've got to give the endorsement there to Lake Brunner. We stay at these really nice apartments, and the pub there used to be a shithole. <laughs> really <laughs> That's what you really think. Oh, it used to just be an old crappy pub, and they've done that really nicely, and they've got free pool there. And is it just one table? Yep. So how does it make sure that everyone gets a fair go? Nobody else was playing. I said, do you want to have a game? Yep. So I like a game. I'm pretty bad at pool. Are you good at pool? Mm, depends what you define as good. My dad's good. My dad's an ex-alcoholic, so mm. when he was young, he lived at the pub. Yeah. And he was quite, a, he's a really good pool player. Yeah. And uh, he used to have a pool table at his work, and uh, we used to go and play pool. My dad was really good. I, mm. I don't think I've ever been my dad at pool. Yeah. He's really good. I'm average, better with alcohol. <laughs> really? Yeah, much better. Why? Why do you think you're better with alcohol? Let's just loosen up a bit. Loosen up. Get it straight oh, up. Oh, mate, get that mojo hit me. Okay, guys, sponsor. Extreme Endurance Immune Boost. We had a few sniffles in our family last week. The kitties were uh, kitties were coming down something. So Do you know I haven't got sick at all this year? It's because you've probably been taking your immune boost. Oh, I haven't. But, but <laughs> this is like I haven't even had like like twenty four. Only one month then. You no, but in okay. the last like last year in twenty fourteen, I didn't even have like a sore throat. Mm. I think you, I might be superhuman. Your body was fighting the, all those injuries you've got. Yeah, well, that's true. Didn't have, time, didn't have time to get I sick. I went for a run the other day, John. This is, my body's doing my head in. I went for a run the other day with Joe, 30 minute light, light run. Mm. You know, not not pushing it. My hamstring blew. Oh. <laughs> like, I went like 15 minutes into the run. I was like, oh, my hamstring's a bit funny. And it wasn't like I was pushing the intensity. It wasn't like. Joe was laying the smack on you. She barely beat me up. But then, but then the ironic thing is, I had to teach last night and I, was, I thought oh, I'd do low impact. And it was fine. So, I don't know, my body's weird. So last week, the kitties were having a few sniffles, snotty noses. It was actually when we came back from the, the camp, and I thought, right, I don't want to get sick. So I started cranking my immune boost again, and uh, no problemo. Just sailed on through it. Even started to get a little tickle in my throat, and then it just went away when I was on the immune Well, boost. let's be honest, for the most of the people in the northern hemisphere right now, you, you guys are hitting your kind of cold season. Mm-hmm. And if you're training for, if, you, if you're trying to peak for a summer race, you're going to be out there doing the yards right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the vulnerability to sickness at this time of year is, is prevalent because obviously lots of people around you are going to be sick, but also just the conditions you put yourself in and the fatigue that your body's under. It does mean we're a bit more susceptible to being sick. So <clears throat> if you do want to get through this time in a way that A, you can quality have quality training and B, not miss training, mm-hmm. then you know immune boost is going to be a really powerful tool to help keep you healthy through this time. So you get, then get into your kind of peak time to training with a really good solid base mm. and you know healthy to kind of nail it out for your season I get some great feedback you know it's got all your vitamins in there it's got your magnesium it's got um, everything, all that good stuff that you need and yeah just get consistently good feedback saying been on it and uh, just not getting sick at the moment so keep your training consistent check it out xendurance.com and then you look under their products and you've got the extreme immune boost it's forty four ninety um, price if you go out of the states otherwise you can get it through me uh, if you're in New Zealand or Australia, 55 bucks and you're away laughing. 
Remember, remember the promo code I am talk five if you're going through the dot com site. Okay, cool. Questions and answers. By the way, there's xendurance.com. Okay, Mecca tape Mecca team. Oh, Joe 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 um, Max has seen this through. Yeah, pretty thirty. Joe yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think we should put that on the website, really. No, so Tim Pickering from Sydney has been struck down with Guillaume Beer syndrome. I had no idea what this was, okay, but uh, I did a little bit on oh, Wikipedia yeah. yesterday, but don't don't quote me on this, but it's basically just an incredibly debilitating, um, very sudden onset um, sort of infection. And man, poor old Tim is yeah, in the hospital and Total he's got paral- tubes paral- coming out left, right and centre. It, it, it does sound like the prognosis is that should be okay, but man, that dude looks beaten up at the moment. So Tim, if you're listening, just um, yeah, all the best with your recovery, and yeah, we look mate. forward to hopefully seeing you back out on the race course. But um, that looked pretty serious. Yeah, mate. Good luck. Very, re- very real um, thing going on. Yeah, and it, it, um, Joe sent through a photo, and it, it, the poor bugger. He, that's a tough thing to go through. So we're just thinking of you, mate, and uh, get, a, get get healthy, get back out there, and. Uh, Keep on rocking and rolling. Mm. It's good to see you've got lots of love around you as well. Um, I've got a couple of other emails. Jombo, Urich, uh, Flume, sent through. I know, we'll, we'll save that. Oh, okay, save, wait, I've got that uh, later on. Okay. Um, Matt, the Wolverine Jackson, did I send this one through to you? Don't know. Okay, Matt with Wolverine Jackson was the guy who did Age Group of the Week twice. Remember mm. we did that recently? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's, he's basically said thanks for being in his second Age Group of the Week. He's pretty yeah, happy with yeah, that. Okay, we, yeah, we, we share give, the love. Give him the second lot of love. I thought I'd share a picture of the aftermath of me smashing my head in the finishing shoot. So he was doing um, challenge one of the challenge races in Australia. And we're saying, I've got to put this picture because it's gold. And he's coming across the finish line. And what do you do, John? You, you, yeah, you celebrate, don't you? Did he get his sort of spikes coming out of his hand at the same time? He got stuck at the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he put his hands up, <laughs> yeah, celebrate. <laughs> Oh no, I'm stuck here. You go, you go, if you don't watch X Men, you won't get that. Oh, everyone watches X Men. Oh, Come don't, on, don't know that they do. Come on, John. Even you, if you know X Men, everyone watches it. Oh, yeah. That's my gauge. If John knows something in pop culture, everyone knows it. Okay, yeah. here we go. So, coming across the first line, gets a bit excited, jumps yeah. in the air, does a punch in the sky. Yeah. Well, didn't see there's a sign up there, and uh, let's have a look. Maybe didn't break it for everybody else. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he's got blood pouring over his face. His Wolverine's been in a fight, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's got serious. I'll use it as this week's photo. He is, his blood is, <laughs> it's yeah, a great yeah. photo. Yeah. So he said, yeah, it wasn't the sharpest move of all time. So yeah. that was pretty good. Um, Carmen, Carmen Bullen has got the question. She's got a quick, quick question. A tri club member has asked her last night if there were any good Ironman triathlon and psychology books out there on the market. Do you know of any? And, and it was a question like, I know of lots of kind of self-help and, um, you know. Like, I think there's, there's chapters in different books, but where there's a specific book. You know, so I maybe think. maybe maybe add it to this week's discussion. So if you're doing this week's discussion of the week, add that to them. You know, what would be, have you guys read any tri-specific mental books? There was that guy we'd interviewed a while ago. I think ago. it'd be hard push to get a tri-specific one, but sports-specific maybe, or endurance sports-specific. yeah. There was a guy, remember years ago we interviewed a guy who was trying to do a business around this? Mm-hmm. Mind training or yeah, something? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what happened with that, but um, anything else, John? No, let's do the patrons. Yes, Bevan, there's one there for you to do. And I've got, I, I made it up on the spot. Cool. Okay, I've got uh, Levi Sticky Black Colossar. Back it up. What's all that about? Sticky Black. And I was, uh, first thing, with our patrons, 
love you patrons and what I've just started doing is slowly oh, that's starting very cool slowly starting to put the pictures up on the, the website so you can go into patrons and you can go meet our patrons and there's a little picture up there so if you have become a patron of the show I did send an email out to everybody last week but it was using MailChimp and that sometimes goes into people's spam but please send through a picture and also what the cool thing is is you go into the, you'll see the little um, library or gallery of pictures and if you click if you're going who is that you can click on it and it will um, pop up with their name and a little little paragraph about them so if you if you have become a patron flick through a picture and a little bit just about yourself what you do you know if you're in a club or if you want to you know promote your blog or anything like that just uh, flick that through as well but I went on to Levi Collis's um, Athlinks profile and one of the challenges I've been having with the um, with our website putting the pictures up is some of them are rotated the wrong way but yet I don't know how to unrotate them. I don't know when you've normally got it on your computer, you can just sort of rotate it around, but I couldn't do that. And Levi must have had the same problem because he uploaded his picture onto his Athlinks page and he's upside down. Oh, no. <laughs> he's wearing all black. He's got black helmet, he's got black outfit, and he's got black bike and black wheels and everything. And so that's where the black came from. And sticky is because he's stuck upside down like Batman. Sticky black. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, one thing you, John's done, which is really quite cool, is that if you are going to be a patron, he's got he's done the photo page, which is really cool. But then when you click on the name, so I've got Damon the hundred dollar bill Bennett in front of me, and then there's a bit of a, you know you can write your own description. So he's got in work I've been in development agent for Subway here in the UK for the last ten years, and play I've been doing triathlon since 2012. Fortunately, that the current Mrs. Bennett is sympathetic to my training and time, and has provided me and us with a son. And here, William Six. Due to peer pressure and inspiration uh, provided by AM Talk, I'll be tracking my first Ironman Wrote this July at the ripe old age of 45 with a dozen or so of my mates from the Nutswood, I'll probably say yep. Nutswood Tri Club, uh, but uh, go by the name of Damo. So, you, you know, so you can kind of put that stuff on there, and, and it's a great photo of Damien here as well. So it's just, you know, just a way of us kind of recognizing the people who are supporting the show. So if you want to be a patron, Go to, go to our website, www.imtalk.me. You can check out who the patrons are. And uh, we've got some cool photos here as well, which is cool. A couple of the others we've got. Um, Mike the Farmborough Fox. An oldie but a goodie no, name there. That, Mike, that Mike the Farmborough Fox Hewison. And Ulrich, uh, I'll go into Ulrich in a second. Um, Matthew Holtwick. Prince of Pain. Nice, that's a good one. He came up with that one a while ago. Yep. And then our last one for today is uh, Uli Ulrich, uh, I'll probably get your surname wrong, uh, Flume, uh, or Fume. Uh, Fume. He, he's got a, a, cho- a choice here. Oh, you're going to give him a choice. He can go Mr. GF, and I'll explain that in a second, or The Dish. And the reason for The Dish is Uli used to be um, a pretty good age grouper. He's now gone into cycling. And I think he went sub nine somewhere, or yep. nine flat. Um, and I think he, I saw on his athletes profile, he went 233 somewhere for a marathon, which is wow, that's pretty yeah, fast. Smoking. So the dish, like he dishes out the pain. So and he, what was GF? So GF. So Uri, um, he has become an awesome patron of the show. And he stopped. He sent just through a little clip. Uh, I stopped racing triathlon in favour of run and bike races just around the time when you guys started Iron Talk. Listening to all the episodes has been keeping me up to date on what's been happening in triathlon. Thank you. He's the, I'm the co-founder of a worldwide bike racing series called Grand Fondo or GF 
in, in NY, which is Grand Fondo, New York. The main event is a championship in New York City called Campagnolo Grand Fondo, New York. The race is on 17th of May, 2015. 5,000 riders from wow. over 70 countries participate. It has two distances, 100 miles and 50 miles, which is 160K and 80K. Uh, the format is like triathlon or a marathon. Everyone starts together. Well, that's not really necessarily the case anymore. <laughs> no. um, gets chip timed and results are provided overall by age groups. It's a great training race for half and full Ironman or a new challenge for athletes who love to bike as part of a triathlon event the most. The Grand Fondo series has expanded to events in Italy, Barcelona, the legendary Mont Ventoux, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Cozumel. Uh, Cozumel is held on the same course as Ironman only one week earlier. Uh, more races around the globe will follow. I thought they had one in... Um, in Canada as well, I thought they went from uh, from Vancouver to Whistler. Maybe I'm not sure if that's still up and going. Uh, you can find out more about Grand Fondo New York and register at uh, gfny.cc. We've also got a podcast called GFNY on iTunes. So these guys have all come in at a, you know, a high level of our patronage, mm. and we love that. They'll be getting a uh, swim cap, and I'm getting some um, beanies done as well. Yep. So appreciate. All That'd be a cool race to do the race of bike race in New York. Oh yeah, that'd be amazing, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So Grand Final is a big, massive, big fields. You know, a bit like the Le Tap and Le Marmotte and stuff in, in 5, France. Um, so yeah, good. And, and May seventeenth, great time to be training and getting yeah. ready for, for your summer races. So if you're in America or even if you want to head over to do a cool event, you know, this is obviously be a wicked event to do. So I'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me for this week, and you guys can check that out and uh, go and support early in, in his race. John, but there was one other name that we mm-hmm. needed to do. Um, uh, you you gave it to me, Paul Yates. Yes, Paul Yates. And my dad, when I was a young man, he worked at Yates Seeds, John. Really? Yep, Yates Seeds, which turned into Roger Brothers, which was an American firm. Um, Yates Seeds. So I thought Yates, and I thought the creator, because seeds create things. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Paul, the creator, Yates. Okay, I'm just going to add that. That's quite a good one, isn't it? Because it is he's all like godlike, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Put that onto my little. Tell that to your Mrs. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the creator. <laughs> yeah. I am the creator. Yeah, I guess she'll love that. Nice. She'll, she'll want to hear that every every moment of every yeah. day. So there we go. Um, John, my last sponsor, Bevan. I've committed. I'm committed to my racing season. Back it up. Here done, we go. I've done two things. Well, <laughs> you're committed then. You I've done two things. First thing I did was, um, I've booked my flights. Well, to what Auckland? Auckland and Wellington. Wellington Marathon. Wellington Marathon, yeah. Oh, so why we do Wellington Marathon? It was about the only other one around. It's it notoriously sort of, windy and cold. Yeah, yeah but it's a sort of my building block. I'm going to use that, yeah, it's in July. Well, why don't you do a fun off-road one? Uh, none of them, the timing's all wrong. They're all sort of in summer and stuff. I need something in winter. Mm. So, Wellington Marathon. Yeah. That's going to be a great race. Oh, well, well in talk Swanee up, will be there. Swanee, you sign up. Yeah. Swanee, yeah. sign up. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've basically booked my flights and everything for that. And then what I did last night took me about two minutes, if that. Cur, put it on, cur, he'll be there. Put it on Athlinks and uh, it's easy. You say you put it as your upcoming races. So all you do, because these races have been around for a while, you just go on athlinks.com uh, and you log in and you just find your race, you know, from, you don't have to recreate the whole thing. You know, if it's been a, a race that's been around for a while and as long as I've got the results up there, uh, there was a button that I think I pushed on there, just add a year. 
So yep. you can basically add in the 2015 date and then you can basically put in there that I'm racing in. So at this stage, I'm the only person that is set up. It's now under my events and it tells me that I'm going to be doing... Uh, yeah, Auckland and Wellington, and you can start. You know, put down a little target time there, a little bit of smackdown talk, and uh, just get committed and get it all up on Athlinks. Help them build their database of races and just get more people on there. Well, I think the thing is now the race is going to sell out. That's the concern. Hey, that's the one step I haven't made yet. I haven't actually entered yet. Wait, you bought the flights and you haven't entered the race. Well, I don't think Wellington's that's open yet. That's an amateur error. No, Wellington will be open by now, surely. Well, let's see. So, well, Christchurch isn't yet, is it? No, they haven't even confirmed the course yet. Yeah. So, but apparently they're going on the old course. Yeah, they, yeah. I saw a news yeah, article yeah. the other day. That's be cool. So, com. Make sure you get on there, and I'm just going to see if I can. Enter. So, what you can do is once you get on Athlinks, you put all your races up for the year. You can tell your friends, you can start your rivals, and all that kind of stuff, your competitions, and uh, you, you know. So, if I go Richard Swan here, Richard Swan on Athlinks, is yeah. Swanee Noah? What do you call him, Speedwalker? Yeah. It's Richard Swan. Yes. Oh, it says he's in Auckland now. Is he in Auckland now? I must be. Yeah. Okay, if I go look at running. So this is the great thing about this running. What? What are you, you doing? Apparently you can use now. I think His fastest marathon. What's your fastest marathon time? 2.38.30. He's faster uh, than marathon. Yes, 2.35.11. Yeah, where's that at? <laughs> Where does that matter? Different course. <laughs> Different course. Uh, Auckland. No, that's Chicago. Oh, there you go. It's probably downhill. But he, what do you do in Auckland? Two thirty. Downhill. He got a hundredth in Chicago. Hundredth overall. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, no, has, what do you do in Auckland? Two, I think it was two thirty-eight thirty, something like that. Okay, well, he did two thirty-seven in Auckland. Okay, well, I'm, I'm beating that. <laughs> And the SBS did a 239. I remember that year he faded. Mm. He was doing strong. And then I think you did that year, didn't you? 2010. Yeah, that wasn't pleasant. What did you do that year? Oh, it was not fast. It was a cold day, wasn't it? Yeah. And I I took my clothes. I didn't take my clothes off. I took my. (laughs) That's what this You got shrinkage. I took my my long sleeve off halfway. And then suddenly came through. I just about got hypothermia. (laughs) I think I actually did have mild hypothermia. I'm full of excuses, but it was not fun. And shrinkage. Not fun to have the office. So. Yeah, get on, get everything on Athlinks, get your upcoming races. You guys in North America. What's your best half? I haven't done a good half. He did one, 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 one. Yeah, no. I one, 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 yeah. Don't know if I'd be able to do that. But I'm in 9.36. Yeah. You've got an eight in yours, haven't you, John? Yeah. You've got an eight. Yeah. Come on, somebody, you know. it up. So get your stuff up on Athlinks, put it, lay down some some smack talk for your season, get all your races up there. It's a good fun. See what we do? Had fun with your mates. That's what mm. you do on Athlinks. Okay, Jumbo um, sponsors Athlinks.com, social networking, extreme endurance, like the buffer, and trainer Power training. And also, thank you to all our patrons. You know who you are, and you're a big part of making our show what it is. Jumbo, what's your goss? Got to take a day off running today, I think. I think I've run four or five days in a row. Legs are getting a little sore. John, you know how to do what I do. Yeah, no, <laughs> pull, it, pull a hammy. Pull it after half no, an hour. No, it wasn't even half an hour. I only got 25 minutes out. Yeah, Joe's just walking past here with a smile on her face going, I've put Bevan in yep. his place. Put me to shame. Some sort of fitness professional he is. Yeah, Go out for a half hour run and he blows up. Bloody hell, what's happening to me? Shoot yeah. me now, put me out to stud. So, what else been going on? Um, Thomas swam 25 metres in the pot. He jumped in... in, uh, in Aqua Gym the other day after his lesson, I said, Do you want to try to swim a length? He swam a length. Oh, that's pretty cool. So that was pretty was cool. he pretty, pretty stoked of himself? Yeah, didn't even touch the lane ropes or anything, just swam. 
had, had he swam the first half without breathing and then he had to take a few breaths after that. <laughs> he can't breathe to the side, so he's sort of dog yep. paddles and yep. away he goes. So when does he start breathing to the side? I think hopefully soon he wants to, but I'm like, oh, I kind of want the instructors to teach you rather than me try to teach you some incorrect techniques. So we'll hey, see. Hey, you're we'll coach Sean Yeah, I'm not a beginner swimmer coach. No, you're elite. Uh, what else is going on? Um, nah, not much really. Just just getting back into the running. Do you just know what we did this week, John? What do you know, know what Joe did? Joe bought a cat door. Hmm? <laughs> Joe's in the background. Someone that is that the one over there? Well, yeah, it's that, been that's there, the old it? one. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was we've been getting cats in the house in the middle of the night, John. Random cats. Oh yuck. Yeah. Yeah. And they make noise, eh, babe? We had a mouse in, the, in our room and we were on our camp last week. That was a bit freaky. It's a funny with mouses because I once had a mouse in my old house and I got scared. It's this little thing like this. But I was like, oh no, there's a mouse. I was back it up. Mm. It's a mouse. Mm. But so we got we got we were getting random. How many random cats have we had in the house, babe? About three. That is random. And and I'm like, I sleep through it, but Joe doesn't. Mm. Hey, Joe gets up and goes and gets angry at the cat. Mm. Do you give him a boot, babe? One had a bell on its neck, so you could hear the bell. Oh, dear. Well, what's this random oh, noise? So Joe goes, we've got to do something about this. Oh, breaks the pen. Yeah, break the pen. So she goes and invests in this, this really cool idea of a cat door. Is this something like you'd see on Dragon's Den? I've got this fantastic invention. Well, but, but this was a good one because nowadays you get your cats chipped. Mm-hmm. Have you got a cat? No, you no. couldn't have your kids, no. Um, but you get, you get things chipped, so... They put a little chip in your cat, and it's mm. got a number in it, so if it gets lost, SPCA, mm. bam, bam, all good. Your cat turns up, they give you a call. So what they do is this door opens based oh, on your cat's chip. Nice. Very clever idea. Yeah, yeah. Cat didn't want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so for like five days, oh, <laughs> just looked outside. <laughs> the poor cat would look outside the house. on your floor, put on your floor. <laughs> Couldn't do anything, eh? So in the end, we went back to the old one. Because <laughs> so, you're not enticed out with a bit of food out there. Joe, Joe, everything. Oh, admittedly, I didn't put much effort in, but Joe put a lot of effort in. Uh, cat didn't want to go through the door. Uh, I think the problem was, is the cat had to be quite close before the, the door deactivated right it, like you know if it wasn't like a meter away it was almost like you had to be within 50 centimeters close mm. i think that's the downfall <laughs> the design. cat may have done some running uh yeah. running leaps because it does love way. to fly through that door and i did think there could be some carnage yeah so that's that's, that's been an exciting thing in my life this week did you do anything for waitangi day did you go protest went for a family run ran family run. well no the kids were on the bikes and Belinda and i were running ran, ran, ran around to to from Bottom of Mount Pleasant, around Joe's drop- garage in Sumner, 5k each way. Do you drop her? Yeah. No, Belinda does what Joe does to you. She drops a hammer on me and tries to be a smarty at the party. Really? Yeah. She she just I actually have to keep slowing her down. She runs too fast and then she gets injured. I'm like, well, it's because you're running like your 10k race pace from the get-go. So I have to keep slowing her down. The problem is, John, will Belinda listen to you for coaching? I, which she doesn't have to listen. I actually physically grab her and tell oh, her to slow. I say slow down. We're running on the camp. We're running. It was me and Axel and her. We're running to meet the the group. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're going far too fast. So, but but, 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 but do, does she have asked for coaching advice? Because you know you are a yeah, world no, class coach. Listen, won't listen to that. Wouldn't listen to you. No. I feel your pain, mate. Yeah, everybody does. I feel <laughs> everybody wives, does. Yeah. <laughs> Wives, wives of partners do not listen to the the other half, whether it's a female or a male, and then someone else tells them the exact same thing. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. Don't you hate it when they come back to you telling you the fantastic idea mm. that you've already told I them? I do that to Belinda all the time. <laughs> what do you yeah. Got an example? No, I have not, but I should should because I do it all the time. You, you So she'll tell you something, you go back to her and say, oh, this is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, surely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love what you, you know, I get to see Newsom's face right now, but he's quite proud of that <laughs> face. Nothing better than winding your partner up. 
uh, keep your relationship I'm not, strong. I'm not much of a winder up. I don't really do that aspect, but I'm really annoying. Mm. And uh, I'm sure really? Joe. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> No, I did notice uh, you stopped sending me. Uh, you have listened. You're a good listener. But the problem is, the, the, the I always think because lots of people want to know that you've got the message. Yeah. <laughs> no. You don't. No, I assume you've got it. Because, <laughs> okay. like, you know, like at work, if someone sends me a work email, I just send a reply just so they know I've got it. Yeah. You don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> you just no. want to live in the dark. Yeah. You didn't get it. What, what, what's happened this week? What's what's on? So I'm running the Canterbury Secondary Schools Triathlon Champs next Tuesday. To, first first time. Around. Oh, Mike's spinning around. Yeah, so I've got to get sorted for that. And How many kids do we have of that? That's a bloody thing. You know, schools, the, the problem is schools only just started and I'll probably get a million last minute entries, but it'll only be you know, 100 odd or something like that. And, and any good kids? Uh, we'll find out. Yep. We're changing the format. We are going revolutionising. Back it up. Super, everybody's used to the standard old format and not moving with the times. We're moving. We're going super sprint individual race. So like a, a 200 swim, was it 200, 200, 300 swim, 10K bike, 3K run. Yeah, so yep. shortening that rather yep. than the classic sprint distance that they always do. And then we're doubling up and they're going to have a... Uh, oh, so they're doing a, two races. And they're going to do a team relay, oh, cool. a tag relay like they do at the Commonwealth Games, sort of one per age group. So you have and what's 14, the uh, I think 150 swim, 5k bike, 1k run. Oh wow! So you know, you're smack it smacking out. it, and then tag, and then your next person's away. And oh, you have one, cool. one under 14 age group, one under 16, and one under 19. So that's a camaraderie thing as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's really multi-lap cool. course, and yeah, should be. Where are you going to do it? Pegasus. Oh great, great. So looking forward. To Is that this weekend? Next Tuesday. It's on Tuesday. Oh, mm. that's pretty cool. You can after the show, you can come and help with set up. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Commentator. Yep. Come on, you crapheads. Yeah. Sharp it up. Well, you Bevan, anything exciting happening in your world? I'm doing the voice work at Coast to Coast this week. Oh, yeah. Whereabouts? But, but I'm doing it. Where's, where's the corner where they're getting the, uh, the kayak? Where's that? Uh, that is um, the Wymac Bridge, the Gorge Bridge. The Gorge Bridge. I, could, I need to know where that is. Yeah. You come <laughs> over this one, you come over when you do the gorges. You know, the big one, and it's really high, and you look over the side and you get down to the river. Been oh, a long yeah. time since you've been there. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been in the gorges. That's, um, yeah. Interesting place to be doing it. Well, yeah, I, I, I've, no, they, they, they've always had someone there in the past. Yeah, there's lots of commentators. So Coast to Coast is coming up this weekend. We should give that a bit of a plug. And they've, uh, Richard Usher's done a fantastic job. What do you think? What do you think about the, the the like? I get why they've gone to Brighton. Do you think it'll lose a bit of? No, it's gonna be fantastic. Oh, you think it'll be big? Yeah, yeah, it'll be a hell of a lot better. So what, we've got the Coast to Coast of New Zealand, and uh, it goes coast to coast. We've talked enough. about it for years. Yep. Yeah, um, they've John's changed. John's gonna put on a new event next year. Yeah, cool. swimming coast to coast. <laughs> the triathlon. Maybe I've given Richard an idea. Yeah, okay. Uh, and they've changed it quite a bit this year, and they've changed the actual finish locations. So all the course records are going to be out the out the window. Um, but a big part of that is the old route was littered with uh, traffic traffic, traffic, traffic lights. lights. You had to come down this road with like. And you had to keep 15. to the road rules, so you'd yeah. be doing a race, and you know your mate is just in front of you. He gets in front of the lights, you've lost him. Mm. And then also the finishing part goes through a very badly affected area by the earthquakes. In terms of the road, is absolutely shite, and it's mm. really bad at the moment. And so they've just gone. Well, we're still going coast to coast, and it's basically the same distance. They moved it up moved, the road, basically moved it up the road, and then you come down a much quieter road. It's still really straight. So I think it's a great change. And then the other big things I've done is they're making the finish like an Ironman finish with a big TV screen, like it was just used to be crap. Uh, I never actually went to. The doing, it was a pretty average, was it? Oh, yeah, it used to be good. Now it's you know, it just crap. And then and they're doing GPS tracking and stuff yeah. with the pros, so they, they're really, you know, doing lifting what we're doing, yeah, lifting the game and, and trying to make it a bit more interactive. So uh, I think it's good. And then they've shock horror, they've actually lowered 
entry fees. Everybody else is cranking them up, but they've uh, lowered entry fees and they've got um, better numbers as a result. So it's good stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, it's good they're doing great work. And I'm going to be out there, so if you are racing, you'll see me as you get out of your kayak and you'll hear me yelling your long. So mm. good luck to everyone out there racing the coast to coast. Um, other than that, Jonbo, that's, that's pretty much me. Cool. Yeah. We're, we're off to go and do our Joe Freel interview that'll be inserted. Which you guys already heard. To, and then we're going to have Legends, but probably won't really set for another week or so yet. But Jawbone Sinbali is coming up in the next week or two. Okay, here we go. That's uh, this week's show. Iron Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.